Welcome to Conversations with Vegan Parents. This is a podcast where a group of vegan parents come together and chat about our experiences, share any resources, recommendations and support to other vegan parents. We are not qualified to give medical advice and health and nutrition advice, although we may have some special guests on sometimes to do this. We are parents offering ideas to other parents from our own experience and knowledge and can hopefully point you in the right direction to companies and websites that can give you that advice. Welcome to Conversations with Vegan Parents. My name's Christy, I've been vegan for five years and I have a six-year-old daughter and 28 weeks pregnant. Uh, My name's Paul, I've got a five-year-old daughter and I've been vegan nearly five years. Hi, my name's Jeanette Rowley and I'm the vegan rights advocate at the Vegan Society. I've got three children, I've raised them vegan back in the last century and I've been vegan myself for too many decades uh, to to say how long because that'll give away my age and I'd rather (laughs) not do that. No worries, thank you. Okay, so today we're going to talk about how the Vegan Society has helped Paul when his daughter's school wouldn't allow her to uh, bring dairy milk, dairy-free milk into school. So Paul, if you just want to share a little bit about the story first. Um, So yeah, my daughter was at a nursery. She was allowed to take in the um, soy option um, and wasn't a problem. We provided five cartons for the week and she was given that at milk time. Uh, She then moved up into reception um, and we were told we wasn't allowed to anymore. Um, So kind of tried to speak to the head teacher, not really, no one wanted to speak to us, tried emailing. They just continued to say, no, it's a water only policy, um, which was kind of confusing because I was like, yeah, I understand that, but you allow the cool milk scheme. So, You know, all I want is my daughter to have a milk option to to bridge that gap between breakfast and lunch, as in your policy. Um, and they said no. So I went down all the um, complaints route. Um, first complaint, the head teacher said no. Second complaint to the board, they said no. Um, and so on. Um, and then I got in touch with the vegan society um, after being advised to by uh, Veducation on Facebook, I, I found it. Um, they put me in touch with Jeanette. And then I said that I was gonna go through the process again. So again, managed to speak to the teacher, the head teacher this time, explain the whole situation. Um, said that, you know, this is, doesn't make any sense it's not fair it's not right legally and everything uh she said no i said well i'm now gonna start the complaints procedure again but going down more of a legal perspective um and i said i'll go as far as i can um and she was like you gotta do what you gotta do she wasn't really fussed by it all um so then obviously once i started speaking to Jeanette, she was just fantastic it was the best thing I did um without them I don't think we would have had the result we sent the first letter off uh, that got a no from the head teacher even though all the legal aspects were in there she didn't answer any of the legal aspects at all um it was literally just um no it's water only uh we then wrote another letter for the board um 
and that managed to you know that they managed to see sense and to say that Sophia should be able to bring in soy milk um so it was overturned and then we were told that the school would then provide soy milk for Sophia so it was a long nine months but after after the nine months we finally got the uh got the answer that was you know not just that we wanted but that was that should have been in the first place something so simple so what made you want to take it further because I know this is an issue for a lot of parents out there at the moment that you can't bring in dairy alternatives um in into school they get a no and then parents are like well there's nothing we can do what made gave you the drive really to go like actually I'm gonna push this I'm not gonna let it go I just think for me, um, going vegan, the main reason to go vegan was health. Um, obviously, the environment and the animals comes with it. But our main, you know, my main thing was sport and health and how the body benefits from, mm. from not having dairy and not having um, meat. And obviously, we want that for our daughter, you know, she loves sport she loves exercise and stuff like that as well um and we you know we haven't gone straight into fully vegan you know we we're trying to adjust her to the vegan lifestyle because of schools it's difficult Mm. so you know we've pretty much at home she's pretty much you know 80 90 percent plant-based vegan um but at school you know it's kind of like more difficult Mm. so we accepted the fact that you know we would have to provide the milk it wasn't an issue um and i just think for me if 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 it's beneficial for your child then you just have to keep fighting for it and i just needed to keep going and you know i don't think i would have stopped i'd gone down that you know and obviously there's been bad comments on on social media and things like that um or forcing your kid and doing this and i'm like it's frustrating because obviously you do everything you do you do for your child mm. you know if, if if you don't want to wake up in the morning and give your child a bar of chocolate you don't do that because it's not good for them you know it's not mm. good to give them a bar of chocolate in the morning so you don't do it um but whenever you do something that you believe is not right for the vegan side of yeah. things people always have a comment about it yeah it's, it's, um, it's against the norm isn't it so then people think that you're you're forcing totally. issues and it's like yeah you're forcing dairy milk on your child and it's actually detrimental to your child so it's just exactly like... and it's the same as you know forcing you well you know everyone says you're not giving your child a choice and I was like mm-hmm. Who gives their child a choice? Yeah. <laughs> if we all let our children have choices, they'd be drinking fizzy pop and <laughs> eating sweets yeah. all day. <laughs> so, you know, everyone makes a decision what they believe is best, you know, and I've never commented on what other parents do or, you know, mm. if their kids eat meat or drink milk. And you're not you know, trying that... to stop the school serving dairy altogether. It's like other exactly. parents, other children can have yeah. dairy if they want, you know, yeah. it's just like you just yeah. don't want it for your child. Yeah. So you found out about Jeanette from Veducated, which is amazing. Like, I didn't know Jeanette existed. I'm hearing more and yeah. more about Jeanette as we go on. So what did Jeanette do to help you? Uh, support and everything in every way. You know, obviously, I vented a lot with Jeanette. Um, 
you know, I'd call her up and <laughs> I just couldn't believe half the things the school was saying and, and the way that, that the school was. Um, and it's just that understanding, you know, I didn't really want to, you know, vent with my wife, my wife's pregnant again. So, you know, you kind of like, I tried to keep it completely separate. It was just me dealing with it. Um, and it was just great to have that support network. Um, and you don't realize, and I said this to Jeanette, you don't realize how much it affects you until you've gone through it, mm. you know, and even at the time of going through it, obviously I was getting frustrated and, you know, some nights I'd, I'd be awake till three in the morning, just thinking about what I was going to put in the letter or, you know, Jeanette would put some it together, you know, Jeanette put the, the letter together. Um, but there were things that I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll need to let Jeanette mm. know that to put in. And you'd be up at night thinking of that. Yeah. And then when they'd email, when they'd email me or they'd message me back, you just feel like oh, we've just, hit, you know, when that first letter from Jeanette went in, it was like a six page letter, like unreal, like mm. an amazing, like I read it and I was like, well, there's no way the head teacher can say no. You know, that's how amazing it was. Um, and yet she still did. And mm. I believe that I mean I'd like to believe that 90% of people that had a letter like that would be like okay no problem you know unfortunately the head teacher was just do you think she was like kind of calling your bluff as if like you're not going to take it further I'm just going to say no and you're going to give up kind of thing yeah or I just think she'd from day one she'd said no and then that was it it was kind of like I can't go back on that now even though all yeah. these points are being raised it's like I've said no if I go back I'm, I'm going to look a bit yeah. stupid mm. but and that's how it felt because I'd talk to people and they'd be like you know I'd even talk to the council I'd talk to you know um the the, the board um and when I was talking to them no one could understand hmm. every question was like yeah but why are they saying no and I was like I I don't know hmm. I, I literally they've told me it's a water only policy yet they still have the cool milk scheme so there isn't a reason they're not giving me a valid reason they never blamed COVID they never you know what I mean they never said hmm. what the reason was other than it's a water only policy and even though I was trying to say well yeah but I want to provide a milk alternative at milk time yeah you're not like saying this is her drink for the day that she can drink whenever she wants no, exactly. when everyone else wasn't has to have water. Up, exactly and I was going to provide it so they didn't have to provide it so Jeanette was just there through the whole mm. thing you know I'm, I, I dread to think how many times I called her <laughs> um, like just frustrated and then you know when we when we got the answer that that we wanted um I just broke down it had just mm. been nine months. I couldn't, I even said to my wife, I can't believe it. Yeah. You know, I felt like that, but it was just that emotionally draining. Yeah. Um, I, I guess that's why a lot of parents don't hard. go through it. Don't, don't yeah. um, put this much effort in. Not only do they not have the support of Jeanette, but they just don't have the, the mental ability to keep pushing, to keep going against the grain when you've been told no so many times. And when you've yeah. like, if you imagine if you had to write the six page letter, finding all this information that Jeanette has to herself there that 
it, it was just it wouldn't have waking happened. up in night and not having Jeanette there to talk to. Yeah, it wouldn't have happened. That... No, hundred percent. If 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 I hadn't have had Jeanette, then there's no. I believe a hundred percent that there would still be no um, milk alternative at the school. Yeah. And now it's available to all kids at the school that require it. I mean, they'd even stopped a girl that had a milk allergy mm. from having. I mean, it, it was just unbelievable. So. You know, I'm sure there are parents out there and literally the first thing, if, if anyone ever said to me, I would just be like, speak to Jeanette and the Vegan mm -hmm. Society and see if she can help. Because, you know, I think without that support, there's no way that I'd have got the answer. I'd have kept going yeah. and it would have ended up papers. That's that's that was my kind of card that I had um media it mm. would have gone down to media and I didn't I said to Jeanette I wasn't sure about doing media um and I wanted to wait to see if there was an apology or anything um and there was nothing and then I just thought right parents need to to know that you know this is wrong and and that this is that it can be changed that it actually, can be changed yeah. if you just keep going you know so yeah unfortunately yeah if I didn't have Jeanette I don't think it would have happened at all so Jeanette, what, what were your special words in the letter? <laughs> uh, well, Paul had already relied on uh, documentation from the school's website himself. Schools do publish their mission and vision and equality policy. And Paul had already, before I, I met him, he'd already explained to them that this is what you say on the website, every child is valuable and, you know, this equality and diversity mission. And yet, Sophia was being denied their nutritional drink at the same time as the other pupils. So my strategy really was to let the school know a whole range of human rights and equality provisions that would add weight to what Paul had already said. But primarily, we were relying on the public sector equality duty. Um, because obviously the school had created a water-only policy that disadvantaged vegans. And by creating that policy, they, they were actually in breach of their public sector equality duty. And their, in their equality statement on the website, they were saying that they comply with their equality duty. So it was really about stating to the school that they have these duties and they must comply with these duties. But we did throw in a lot of other legislation, human rights legislation, the duty on schools to teach a, a critical objective and plural education, and everything they do comes within that within the scope of that phrase. It's not just about what's on the curriculum. Um, so we were relying on the public sector equality duty, really. But I, I would just say Paul was totally committed. There was no way he wasn't going to keep pushing. Um, and it was heartbreaking when I first spoke to Paul because... Sophia had had this milk throughout nursery and then when she went into reception, that's when she was stopped having it. And Paul told me a story of um, Sophia taking her milk out of the bag and one of the teachers had said, you can't have that and they had to go back in the bag. And this is a, a child that's not quite yeah. five years old. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it was really, really heartbreaking. But the school were digging their heels in. They believed that they were right. They believed that the water-only policy was fair because it applied to everybody. And that's why the school itself um, denied Paul's request in the first instance. And that's why the board uh, denied the request when he appealed. 
But when I saw the original complaint, it was very clear to me that uh, Paul was very emotionally charged and, and framing his complaint just like any parent would in terms of unfairness or, you know, um, why won't you allow this? And he didn't really have the knowledge to frame it in any other way. So the strategy was to frame it within the confines of law and um, hope to get a good result. And I would just say that we did get a positive outcome in the end, but the school hasn't admitted liability or discrimination. Okay, they so they've, they've the admitted to change, but they're not saying they did wrong. Like, no, they're not going to say they did wrong. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> but we did get the outcome we wanted. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And how, <laughs> I was just thinking like, can we roll this out to every school? Can we like send a letter and be like, come on, everyone's got to be able to give alternatives because I, I homeschool my daughter, so I've not come across this challenge. But I, I hear a lot of parents that have the challenge, particularly with the milk schemes um, and lunches as well. But like the milk scheme where they can't, they have to either provide their own alternative or they're not allowed mm. an alternative. It's like, mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, every case needs to turn on its own merit, so we can't say in advance whether um, okay, yeah. a school is compliant with their duty or not. And obviously, vegans would need to show that they are vegans within the terms of the law to, to be accommodated. Um, but with Paul, it's very interesting because Paul is transitioning to veganism, but he's also very environmental conscious. And under the Equality Act, certain qualifying environmental beliefs can come within the scope of law. So we were able to use Paul's environmental beliefs alongside his transitioning, his vegan beliefs as he was transitioning, um, just to add weight to, to his, mm. his So this service, the support you've given to Paul, is it available to anyone? Can anyone contact you and say, look, I've got this challenging problem. Can you help yes. me? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I have lots of queries about lots of different things. Um, anybody can contact the Vegan Society for support. Uh, you don't have to be a member um, and it can be about anything to do with being vegan uh, in school, in college, at, in the workplace as a consumer. Uh, yeah, or a whole range of, of queries. I, I can uh, try. Do to you have many people contact for support? Or did absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I, um, I think I was just having a look at some figures today and I think since August, since the 1st of August, I've dealt with uh, around about 70 different wow. Uh, vegans. Um, a large proportion of those are concerned about vaccination. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think a week goes by when I don't have a conversation with vegans about school food or school milk. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to know this service exists. And like, if you have a challenge, and you do have the motivation to take it further, that you've got the support and the knowledge from yourself that you know how to word things, you know what, um, equality acts that you can um quote and things that help yeah absolutely yeah absolutely i i specialize in human rights and equality law for vegans uh, and it's really important to understand the scope of the law to help vegans in all kinds of different situations and then there's some knock-on uh, law as well that you need to understand consumer law for example um and that that's that's uh it's quite difficult for vegans as consumers to understand that when they've got a problem, they are usually only um, going to be given a refund for something that, that wasn't vegan in a shop. But um, yeah, overall, it's a, it's a really important um, job.
job to do and it, it's very fulfilling and the outcomes are usually quite positive for people. Mm. I had a bit well I say it wasn't really a challenge but I had my um during lockdown I had um a food delivery shop come and it had chicken pieces in it and it wasn't even like a substitute it was just extra random chicken pieces and uh, you know I rang them up and I was like can you come and get them I don't want them and it was really they they really struggled they're like we'll just throw them away or just do something and I'm like this is dead mm. chicken I'm not just going to chuck it in mm. the bin and let it rot or stink mm. out of the, the garden and I also don't feel comfortable giving it to a neighbor which I did do in the end because I thought well this life has been taken <laughs> and yeah but it was like yeah. trying to get other people yeah. to understand why you might be offended by something or you might find it uncomfortable mm. whereas if it was an omnivore getting the wrong product in their their delivery it's not so bad but to just find some dead chicken in your in your groceries mm. and have to yeah. deal with it it's kind of yeah a, the, the, yeah the, the, there's, a, there's an emotional element mm. to that for vegans uh, that uh, non-vegans perhaps don't understand as well and you know in a situation where a vegan buys something that they've been told is vegan then they find out it's not vegan mm. and they're allowed their refund £2.50 it, it's nothing to them and I, I get a lot of inquiries from vegans in that situation who, who feel very emotionally affected psychologically affected and they're not bothered about the refund really they just want something to be done but mm. there's very little you know the vegan can get their money back in serious cases they can contact the food standards agency and yeah something about like just with. justice and also like for me I'm like well is there something that you can do to stop this happening in the future like because you can't even um yeah. so when you get substitutes and stuff you can't even state like you're vegan don't substitute with something that's not vegan you can't even put that on with the cardo and so it's just like you want to them to kind of improve their service to make it more accessible to other people mm. absolutely yeah absolutely and I, I always encourage vegans to make complaints to food standards enforcement officers because um, the more they realise vegans are being upset, then the more they can feed into their team meetings and regional meetings and, you know, eventually change policy. So it's important that vegans, if they are motivated, yeah. do speak out about this kind of thing. Yeah, definitely to, to bring awareness around it. Um, so before we end the podcast or, you know, just as we come into the end, is there anything either of you would give advice to other parents, what they should do if they come across a challenge? Um either in school with milk or with any other kind of vegan related yeah. difficulty well in terms of um, the vegan society doesn't give formal legal advice so we don't we don't really use that word but in terms mm -hmm. of guidance and support i think the the most important uh, bit of information i i could give is that the formal grievance process at school is really really important because if you submit a if you send an email off to the headmistress complaining about something as a vegan it won't necessarily be taken as a formal complaint. And um, so you can just get a response saying, oh yeah, this, that, and the other, you know, or it can be completely dismissed. You just can't have a guaranteed outcome. Whereas if you go through the formal complaints process and get the, get the form from the website, the, the school are obliged to comply with their policy then. So if they say, if you submit a formal grievance and you have, we have 10 days to respond to you and they are committed to that 10 days and they have to, work you know investigate and work on a solution and get back to you within that time frame so once you start that process you're much more likely to have an outcome and hopefully an outcome that you that you want so i, I think my my tip would be to all vegan parents to if they're motivated to use the formal grievance process as early as possible in fact do you think I would they say, should 
do you think they should chat to the teachers or the head teachers first informally or do you think it's like that yes absolutely I mean I, no no I, I think everything should be sorted out informally um if possible my head at the moment is just in in Paul's situation so I think Paul had gone through a lot but he hadn't gone down that, mm. that route immediately obviously if you can resolve things informally that's much better because in my experience a lot of parents don't want to get off on the wrong foot at school yeah. and they want good relationships they want to sustain good relationships I mean parenting's bad enough you don't need to add extra anxiety by having a problem <clears> at school <throat> so informal discussions are absolutely brilliant and things should be resolved that way but where that's not going to happen and you've actually you know sort of semi-formally made yeah. your points as well then I think the formal grievance process is, is the process that's likely to bring about results. Paul, anything to add to what you think for parents? I just think you've just got to stick with your convictions. And obviously, if I'd known um, sooner about the vegan society, it might have been a little less stressful and maybe a little less time than nine months. Um, so I, I would suggest that you know, once you've had, once you've spoke to them informally, which I did, I mean, we sent emails back and forth um, with just, you know, like I say, responses that was just no, no, no. Um, I think then if I'd known I and going down the complaints procedure, I would have gone straight to the Vegan Society at that point. Mm -hmm. So my first complaint because it's such a long procedure you know you, you go through stage one then you go through stage two then if stage two then you can go to the the board of education you know there's lots of you know and all these like Jeanette said you know you wait 10 days for an answer then if you have you know if they say then no then it's another complaint and so I think if I'd known it probably wouldn't well it wouldn't have been nine months because I'd have had those and I'd have known what to do like mm -hmm. I think in the second instance, um, when it got to the board, one of the board members was um, the business manager at the school, and yet they're not supposed to know anything about it. So again, for what I'd learned in all this time was that that could be bias. Um, so, you know, after speaking to the council, they like said you know just to make sure that it's uh unbiased they shouldn't know about the case they shouldn't know anything about it and obviously as a business manager they're the probably ones procuring the the, the cool milk and procuring the soy milk um so we ended up getting her removed off it and i requested another person um so we ended up getting someone from a different school uh, again had i not known that and researched that yeah. you know you could have had someone on the board that the boss is the head teacher. Well, of course they're going to side with, with the head teacher. You know what I mean? It just seems so wrong to me, yeah. you know, and I learned that on the second time, um, just trying to find out like, well, hold on a minute. I want this to be fair and I don't want it to have anything to do with the school. And it is worrying what, what how the school will react, but, you know, obviously, my wife was very worried. Yeah, how <laughs> that, are the school you know, now? How is your relationship? Or, uh, like, is it tense whenever you go and drop she got a good report. Of she got a really good report. So, you know, as, as far as that goes, we haven't had like a horrible report. And, you know, she just had a report when she come back, um, when she broke up. 
and it was fantastic. We couldn't have asked for a better report. So, you know, it doesn't seem to have affected it. And, um, you know, obviously you're dealing with a head teacher and I don't think the teachers get involved that much. You know, they're following the head teacher. So, um, yeah, it hasn't affected, I can't say it's affected us in any way, but that was the choice, you know, we'd made and we'd even looked at changing schools. You know, I'd even spoke to other schools in the area and said, look, do you, if, am I allowed to provide milk um, for my daughter, soy milk? And all the other schools said, yeah. Um, mm. And then I even asked, like, what's the procedure? She said, well, you have to go to the council. They then, you know, so we'd looked at moving schools 100%. I wasn't, you know, even if I'd got all no's, it, we would have moved her. You know, yeah. unfortunately, that would have been the last resort because we didn't want to. But, you know, we would have done that. So we were we were prepared to to go as far as we had to go with it and, and move schools if we needed to. But you just got to stay strong do what you believe and, and, you know, get help from the vegan society. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, Paul. I mean, I'll, I'll help any vegan. Um, once they get in touch with me, you know, I'm on their side, obviously, absolutely. And I, I would just make the point that you're not alone in spending nine months trying to get what you want for Sophia. It's quite common for vegan parents to contact me having spent quite a long time. The longest one, I've supported, I'd been involved in trying to get vegan food for over two years. And within about three weeks or two weeks of coming to the vegan society, it was it was resolved. Wow. Definitely yeah, worth so it then. Get in touch. Yeah. <laughs> get in 100%. touch. 100%. Sooner the better. Brilliant. Thank you so much for both coming on and chatting to us. Thank you very much. It's been Thank a pleasure. You. And speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you have found it helpful in some way. Come join us over on Facebook at Conversations with Vegan Parents Podcasts, where we can continue this conversation and where I will share any links to any of the websites that have been mentioned in the recordings. If you have any topic ideas for future recordings or you want to join us in any of the recordings, then please do message me. You can message me on Facebook at Conversations with Vegan Parents Podcasts you can find me on Instagram at Raising Myself, or you can find the podcast on Instagram at convo underscore with underscore vegan underscore parents, or you can email me at conversationswithveganparents at gmail.com. <laughs>